welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is a morning service of Sunday the 25th of June 2017, entitled, How Big Is Your God? And the Bible reading is taken from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1-7. to Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I encourage you to open your Bibles now to, uh, uh, to the book of, uh, of 2 Kings, and uh, we're going to be taking our, our reading this morning from 2 Kings chapter 4. It's funny, you know, I, I don't, well, I wouldn't even venture to guess at how many, how many sermons that, uh, that I've heard preached and preached over, over the years. There's very, very few sermons that have such an impact on, on you that uh, you can remember the place, the person, exactly where you heard it. And, uh, this passage of Scripture, the first time that I ever heard it preached, uh, I remember exactly where I was at because God used it to speak to my heart in such a powerful way that I've never, ever, ever forgotten it. And uh, so it's a great privilege for me to be able to turn to a passage of Scripture today uh, that had such an important part in my life, and I truly hope and pray that it will in yours in some way also. 2 Kings chapter 4, let me invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word, beginning with verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. The creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few, when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. It came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Our Father and our God, we are so grateful. Lord, not only to be able to gather in this place with each one that is here today, this place that has been set aside for you as your house it's a place to worship you and a place to serve you through. Thank you for your word that we have before us that we can read this morning, for your spirit within to give us understanding, the spirit that is here even this day to speak not only to ears but to hearts. And, Lord, for that we pray. We know that there are no words that this man can speak from this pulpit, Lord, that can have truly any lasting effect, but we know that you can take your word and you can speak to hearts you can change lives for all of eternity. Lord, please do your work in our hearts this morning. And help us each and every one. Help us, Father, to be receptive to that which you have for us. 
Help us to respond in whatever way that we need to. May it all bring glory and honor to you. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. It's interesting today because, of course, uh, when we were taking down all of the flags that were draping around through the air yesterday at the workday, uh, Rob asked me, said, I guess that means the missions conference is over. And I uh, said, well, sort of, but, you know, in a way, I hope the missions conference never ends. Uh, that focus upon getting the gospel to the ends of the world. Now, ironically, since our missions conference, I guess this, this will be the third Sunday that we've met together since our missions conference finished. And, and of course, one of those Sundays, I was away preaching somewhere else, and last Sunday was Father's Day. We focused there. And so this is actually my first Sunday morning back in the pulpit since, uh, uh, since we had that time in our missions conference, other than focusing upon Father's Day last week. And so part of this in some ways relates to my still thinking along those lines and knowing without a doubt that some of you have been involved in giving to missions in this church for years. Some of you make faith promise, you understand faith promise, and you practice that faith, being able to give beyond what you can give. But for some of you, I know that it's a very new thing. You had never even heard of such a thing before, let alone putting it into practice and actually trusting God for something. And so that's partially plain because I know some of you are praying about that, and I have encouraged you each and every one, no matter how young or how old, no matter what you've done before or what you haven't done before, make a commitment to the cause of Christ. I was thinking about this, and, 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 and I guess all these things going around in your mind. You know, I understand as much as anybody, how busy that life can get. And sometimes we get too busy for our own good. Sometimes we it's not a question that we're sitting back and doing nothing and being lazy. It's just that we're doing so many things, we can't seem to, to get to many of the things that we want to do. Listen to me with all the love in my heart. If you're too busy for God, you're too busy. Why is it that he so often, whether it's our finances or whether it's our time, why does he get what's left over? Why does he get us if we've got time? Why doesn't? We, we, we've talked about the whole matter. He deserves the first fruits, and that's not of just your money. He deserves the first fruits of your time. He deserves the first fruits of your talents. He deserves the first fruits of everything that you are because it's all because of Him. If you're too busy. You know, when you stop and look at the course of a week, and I know no week is ever long enough. There's never enough hours in any day. As a church, we meet together here in, in God's house. We meet here a while on Sunday morning. We meet here a while on Sunday evening. We meet for a time of prayer on Wednesdays. And we find that as we come together for that time, folks, in the scope of things, if that's all we're giving God, we're giving Him pretty little. It's not a lot. And it's not very much for a church to function and be effective and to do what God has called us here to do. I'm not saying this to fussy. You know, I am happy if I see you every service, or if I see you one service, or if I see you once in a blue moon, I'm happy to see you, and I'm glad. But I'm just trying to encourage you. God deserves so much more. And I want to assure you this morning, please, if your faith is small, 
then get involved in a small way. If your faith, if you can't trust God but for 20p a week, commit to 20p a week to the cause of Christ, for the work of mission, not for your comforts, not for this church, but that others can come to know the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you can trust Him for a pound a week or five pounds a week or a thousand pounds a week, whatever it is, God, encourage you. Please, get involved. Make a commitment. You commit to all kinds of things in life, and you should. But there is nothing you ought to commit to more than the Lord and to His work. Then I encourage you to do that. And, and if it's not money that you're struggling with, if it's time, you don't have time to be faithful in church the few times that we meet during a week. You don't have time to turn up on outreach when we just simply try to go out there to share Jesus with others. You don't have time to come together on a work day because this place doesn't take care of itself. It's a lot of upkeep, and it's only going to do it if we do it together. You don't have time for the things that God needs. May I tell you that in all the principles that we've looked at, folks, it's not just money. God gives back in the same measure. Are you short of time to give God? Try giving Him time. Give, and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Good measure I left out of there. Amen. Give. Give God more time, and I promise you, I know it doesn't make sense. The world would think you're crazy. But if you give God more time, your time will be multiplied. You will have more time to do the other. And when you cut God out because of your own, I'm sorry, selfish things that are more important to you than, than what you're doing for God, you're limiting yourself. I want you to see some of this this morning. And see, I know as we gather here this morning, I know. I do know that some of you struggle with finances and you say, you know, I've got myself in a place that I don't know how to fix it. I want to give more. You say, you know, I've got myself committed to so many things that I don't, I don't have the time. I wish I had time to, to be more faithful to God's house and I wish I had time to, to be a greater witness and to be more involved and to do things because I promise you, the more you get involved, the more you see God controlling your life, the more you're able to do for Him, the more you want to do for Him. It doesn't become a burden. The whole thing that we've looked at on money, He doesn't want it to be a burden. He wants to bless you beyond measure. But you're cutting out the blessings because you're cutting Him out of your life. I don't want that for you. God doesn't want that for you. I believe, honestly, that's why that this passage had... Such an impact on me many, many years ago. Because I want, you know, the problem is why, why is it that we have so much trouble giving God more, whether it's our money, our time, our talents, our efforts, our commitments? What is it? I believe one of the biggest problems that we have, folks, is because we just don't see how big our God really is. <laughs> we don't see how awesome the God is that saved you. I want you to answer a question for me this morning, and then you do with all these things whatever you can do because I want you to answer this question. How big is your God? How big is your God? Is your God big enough? I know that not only is not just the money and time, I know that some of you are carrying real burdens right now. You're, you're struggling with things in life, and, and those things get heavy upon you. Well, please... 
Answer for me this morning, how big is your God? I know you might have some big problems, some big burdens. But I promise you, if your God's big enough, then those problems become smaller. Those burdens become lighter. All of these things. The problem is we just don't believe enough. We come to that point, I, I told them this morning as we've been in our Bible study, and I may as well throw this in too. I don't charge anything extra. If you weren't here for the Bible study, shame on you. I don't care who you are. You ought to have been here. It's a little bit of time that we come together to study God's Word out of all of our life together. And we've been looking at this question of who is God? Who is God? <laughs> no, God's bigger than we will ever be able to fathom. <laughs> Well, never, ever, you can't, it's impossible to see your God bigger than what He is. It's impossible to believe that He can accomplish more than He can accomplish. You can't believe too much. You can't believe too big. You can't see Him too big. Look at this account before us here. We have a widow. She comes before God. She comes to the man of God and she says, look, my husband is dead. Now, the husband was the breadwinner. The husband was the one that paid the bills. The husband was the one that gave them what they needed to be sustained in life. But he was a man of God. He, you know my husband, he, he feared God. He, he held God in, in the respect that he was due. He was a good man. He was a godly man. And yet, here I am. I'm in this place. And you need to understand in the culture of that day, you didn't just write off your bills because you didn't want to pay them. <laughs> Today, many people make promises that they just don't keep. You see, then, if you didn't pay those debts, they had the right to come. And that's what she's talking about when she said, they're coming to take my sons to be bondmen. My two sons are getting ready to be carried off and locked away in chains because of the debt we owed. Now, my husband was a good man. He was a godly man. He took care of us, but now he's dead. He's gone. But this need, this big, big need is still here. God, what am I going to do with this? How can I get around this? Sometimes you get to that point in life, whatever it is, you'll feel like the hill is just too tall to, to climb. The mountain is just too big to get over. The problem is just so grand that how can you ever possibly get through this? The burden is so heavy that you're just going to collapse under the load. You get there sometimes. This wasn't some god-awful person that hated God and was out there doing bad things. This was a godly family, and yet... They're in this situation where the children are getting ready to be carried off as slaves to pay for the debt simply because the husband has died. He's not there. It's not that he doesn't want to pay the debt. He's not there. But the wife still has that debt that she's responsible for. She goes to the man of God, and he asks her this. And I want you to note that problems in life are real. Folks, you're going to have challenges. Everything isn't easy. You're going to have problems. Whether you're living for God or whether you're not, you're going to face problems in life. You're going to face loss like this lady did. There's times 
when you're going to lose those that you care so much about. And sometimes, man, it's hard just to get beyond that. I mean, here she is. She's just lost her husband. She's just lost this person that was so dear to her in this life. And yet, rather than just even being able to concentrate on the loss, she's having to worry about the problem that's been left because of his absence. Everybody faces loss. We all face it. It's a point in a man wants to die. After this, the judgment. Everybody leaves this world. Everybody will face grief. Sometimes it's over the loss of those you love. Sometimes it's just over things that hurt you so deep and they're so hard. And guess what? I don't care how good a person you are. I don't care how committed you are as a Christian. You've got limitations just like this lady did. There's some things in life that are going to be too big for you. Too big for you to deal with. How big, honestly, how big are your problems today? What's the biggest problem that you're facing in your life? You see, for some people, it may be a tangible thing that they see as that biggest problem. It may be a, a debt like she's owing. It may be literally not only, I mean, she's lost her husband. She owes this debt that she can't pay. Now they're getting ready to haul her children off and lock them away in prison and make them earn off. They're not just locked away to do nothing. They're actually taken away to work as slaves to work off the debt until the next year of Jubilee comes along. <laughs> we find that all these things, what is this woman to do? What are you going to do with your problems today? You see, how limited are you in the things that you're having to deal with right now, in what you have to deal with them? How big is that problem? Because it may be monstrous. But when you figure that out, ask yourself, well, how big is my God? How big is my God? How great is my faith? Do I really believe that God's got this? <laughs> it's one thing to say, oh, I know God's big man. God can do anything. I'm saying in your heart. If that problem is looming so big there, whatever that it is, how big is your God? What can God do that you can't do? What can God do that you can't do with your sin? Are you struggling with sin today? You know all is sin and comes short of the glory of God. You know that you're a sinner. If you don't, you're blind and you're deceiving yourself if you say that you have no sin. How big is your sin? You might be the biggest, worst, ungodly sinner that ever walked the face of the earth. That's okay. How big is your God? How big is your God? You see, maybe you have to say, well, what can God do that I can't do about not only my sin but my salvation? <laughs> the sin is there. What can God do? I I can't save myself. Can, can your God save you? With your situation, whatever it is, maybe you are already saved. Maybe your sin has been dealt with and you know that clearly. But you've got a tough situation you're caught in. It could be all kinds of situations. This lady was in a tough situation. What's your situation today? 
What about, as we touched on earlier, what can God do that you can't do with your service for him? Say, boy, I wish, I really, my heart, I wish I could do more for God. You can't do it. Okay, you're limited. How big is your God? What can your God do with it that you can't do? Even in what you're going to give to the cause of missions, <laughs> your faith promise, you're limited. Preacher, I can't do it. Okay. How big is your God? What can God do that you cannot do? You see, that's really when it gets exciting. Sometimes you got to get to the point just like this lady was. There's no doubt. Life will always be filled with challenges. Can I just note a few things, what this lady did to deal with it? Notice verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. The creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Who does she go to here? You see, the first thing that we see in verse 1, note this, please. Intercession is made. Intercession is made. She goes to Elisha, the prophet, the one that represents God. She's going on behalf seat today. May I say step number one. Step number one. Whatever you're dealing with, Whatever your problem is, whatever you're struggling with and having enough faith to be able to get beyond it, the first step is intercession with the only one that can help you. Quit carrying it yourself. Quit dealing with it yourself. Quit doing it yourself, please. God's the one that can deal with it. The first thing that this lady did, she was there. And it was real, and yours might be real, and it may be big. But the thing is, the first step is intercession. Take it to God. Quit doing it yourself. Take it to God. Intercession is made. So you know that you go to God. What do you do next? Look at verse 2. And Elisha said unto her, she's gone to Elisha. She says, what am I going to do? You know we've tried to do what's right. You know my husband was a godly man. But this is where I am. This is real. Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? For what, what do you want me to do? He's the man of God. What do you want me to do? You see, the truth is today, as much as I want to, you need to make intercession for whatever your problem is. You need to go to God with it. But you need to realize, second of all, me, nor anybody else, no other human being, no preacher on the face of this earth is going to be able to fix it for you. We can point you to the one that can. But notice what he goes on. Well, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? You see, not only is intercession made, inventory is taken. God, what am I going to do? Look, look at this big problem. I don't deserve this, surely. How can I handle this thing? 
God, help me, please. Question, first of all, what hast thou in the house? What do you have? You see, that self-inventory, asking myself, what is it? Before I start looking for everybody else, let's go to God with this. But God says, okay, start where you are. What do you have? You see, it might be your time. Well, the first thing, okay, God, I can't do this. I can't fit it all in. What am I going to do with this? Well, maybe God's saying, well, what time do you have? Maybe it's your money. Maybe it's your giving to missions. Maybe it's your giving to God's work. You say, God, I just don't have it. Please, get off my back with this thing. What do you have? You say, I, I, I can't give this. I can't go. What do you have? You may feel like that, you know, that literally you're just, you don't have the strength. You're just going to buckle under this. This thing is just too big for you. What strength do you have? You got to first start where you are. You see, intercession was made to God. But then the question was asked back. The inventory had to be taken. What is it? You've got this big problem. You've got this big need, but what do you have? Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Look, I mean... My husband's dead. That's bad enough. This debt that he was taken care of, the debt's still there. He's gone, so now that debt's owed, and now I've taken responsibility for it because I'm his wife, and now they're getting ready to haul my sons off to make them work as slaves to pay for this debt. Man, this is big. In her case, it was a huge debt, in spite of all these other emotional things she was going through. What have you got? Well, the only thing I've got, I mean, the only thing I've got in the house, if anybody, is this pot of oil. <laughs> pot of oil. This one, a barrel. <laughs> I got this little pot of oil. That's all I got, God. It's just a little pot of oil. This would have been oil that was used for, you know, anointing the body and, 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 and things like that. Just, just this little pot of oil. That's all I got, God. I mean, do you see? Do you see this problem? Do you see what I'm facing? And this is all I've got? <laughs> you see, intercession is made. Inventory is taken. Man, <laughs> there's the problem. <laughs> and this is all that I've got to deal with it. This little pot of oil. This little bit of money in the account. This little bit of time that I've got. This little bit of strength that's just about gone because I'm about to buckle under it. What do you have? To face that big problem with. That inventory must be taken. Notice after she realizes what she does have. Notice what it says in the next few verses. Verse 3 first of all says. Then he said. Go. Borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in. Thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons. And shalt pour out into all those vessels. Thou shalt set aside that which is full. Intercession is made, inventory is taken, but then instructions are heard from God. 
See, I, I, this is what I can do, God. This is what I've got, so this is what I'll do. I'll go and buy this, or I'll go invest that, or I'll cut this. No. Intercession is made to God. Inventory is taken. But then you look to him, to his instructions. He's pretty specific in his instructions if you'll give him the opportunity. I mean, he's given her pretty specific instructions. here. Now, now listen, this, these instructions don't always make sense because look at the big problem she's got. And look at what she's got to meet it with, this, this little pot of oil. And yet, what's the instructions? I want you to go to all your neighbors, and I want you to borrow all these empty vessels. Empty vessels. She's not going to get any more oil from them. She's not going to get anything except empty vessels. Don't get just a few. Don't get a few. Get all the vessels that you can get. Borrow these empty vessels. And then I want you to come in and I want you to bring them into your house and I want you to shut the door upon you and upon your sons. Borrow all these vessels. And then I want you to come back in and I want you to shut the door. Folks, there's all kind of things that can be taken from that, but sometimes I know your problems are personal. It's not easy to share with others and talk to others about the things that you don't have and the struggles that you're having and the things that you're not dealing with properly and the things that are the hardest for you to get grips with. This intercede. Take inventory of yourself. Be honest with yourself, first of all, and with God. Then take his instructions. It may not make sense. I mean, you know, you're trying to meet this problem. He's telling you to go out and get a whole bunch of, you know, empty jars, empty vessels to bring into your house and close them out. I mean, what in the world? What is good is that going to do? What difference does that make? See, first of all, the instructions are heard. But I don't care whether they make sense or not. Instructions are not just to be heard. Instructions are to be heeded. You follow the instructions. Are you willing to do what God said? You see, I don't have this and I don't have that and I can't do this and I can't do that. How big is your God? Go to Him with the problem. And when you go to Him, be honest and say, okay, what do I have? Not what does everybody else have to take care of my problem for me. What do I have? God, what do you want me to do with what I have? God's telling you something the man. This don't rightly make sense to me, but verse 5 says, So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her as she poured out. What rationale can you find here? I mean, this is a monstrous problem, and yet she's just got these empty containers that she's borrowed from others, and she got these empty containers around, and she's got this little tiny pot of oil. And so she's supposed to take that little tiny pot of oil. Why did he have me get... All these vessels, well, this is all I got, this small pot of oil. <laughs> and so it didn't make sense. But what did it say she did? She poured out. <laughs> she did what God told her to do. Whether she could see what it was really going to accomplish, whether it made any physical sense or not, folks, how big is your God? Quit trying to stick him in some little box that fits you, that's comfortable for you, that maybe makes it even easier to live with some of those excuses. How big is your God? We find that 
Instructions are heated here. <laughs> I read a little story. <laughs> well, one night, family was in their home and they were sleeping. The house caught on fire. So the fire was blazing away and the little boy was in the very upper bedroom above the others. And so in the end, he had made his way out the window and he was out on the roof up there. And the father was standing down below and as the flames went up, the, little, the dad was saying, Jump. I'll catch you. Jump. Jump. I'll catch you. But of course, all the little boy could see was the flames and the smoke. He couldn't see it, Dad. He could, he could hear his voice, but he couldn't see him. And he said, Dad, but I can't see you. Dad says, that's okay, son. I can see you. Just jump. I know. I know sometimes you just can't see through all the, the fire and the smoke and the problems and all those things. But how big is your God? Maybe you can't see Him at this moment, but He can see you, I promise you. He's saying, jump, I'll catch you. Do what I've asked you to do. Trust me. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You see, folks, how big is your God? Take your problem. I know it's real. Whatever it is, begin by making intercession, by taking inventory, by following the instructions that God gives you. Fourthly, notice what he says here in verse 5. <laughs> so she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. She's beginning to pour out. Verse 6 says, and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more in the old stayed. May I say to you folks, she may not have seen God. Intercession had been made. Inventory had been taken. Instructions are being followed. Intervention came. <laughs> God was there. She began. I know it didn't make sense. But you see, intervention was made, first of all, because of what we sang about earlier, because the intervention was conditioned on her obedience. If she hadn't been willing to do what God told her, even though it didn't make sense, even though it didn't add up, even though two and two didn't make four anymore, she obeyed God. She did what God said to do with it. She put God to the test. She just simply followed by faith. She obeyed Him. She took all those empty vessels and she began to pour. This little tiny pot of oil. I can just picture this big old vessel over here. And she's got the room filled with all these vessels. And she starts to pour. And she, she, she probably starts trying to, what in the world? The oil just keeps coming. I mean, it's just a little bit of oil. All of a sudden, that vessel is full, ready to run over. She, she runs to the next one. What is going on here? <laughs> the oil just keeps coming and it keeps coming and it keeps coming. And she goes from vessel to vessel to vessel. Finally, she's got all the vessels they brought in. She gets to that last one and she says, Quick, son, bring me another one. There's not anymore, Mom. That's all we got. The oil stayed. You see, that intervention by God to deal with her problem it was conditioned, first of all, on her obedience. Being willing to do exactly what God said. 
despite consequences, despite the world, despite everything, and it was consistent with her faith. <laughs> she obeyed God. And do you know how much oil she got that day? Makes a Baptist want to run. <laughs> she got as much as her faith. You know what I believe? I think if they'd had enough faith to have gotten more vessels and more vessels and filled up the yard and everything else, why, she could still be pouring oil today because God didn't put a limitation on it. He said, you go out, you get the vessels, not a few of them, and you bring them into your house, and you shut that door, and you get along with me, and you start doing what I tell you to do. And there was no end to it until their faith had reached its limit. That was all the vessels they'd brought. That was when the oil stayed. <laughs> Intervention was made. And it was conditioned upon her obedience. So many times we want to blame God. God, why don't you give me more time? Well, how much time have you given him? God, why don't you give me more money to deal with this? How much money have you given him? God, I need more strength. I just can't do this anymore. How much of your strength have you given God? You see, we just want it all. But listen, your God is limitless. But he's told you. To give it to Him. Not what you don't have. Not what you can't. Take what you've got and do with it what God tells you to do with it. He doesn't expect you to give Him what you don't have. He doesn't expect you to use what you don't have. He expects you to use Even when she went to the neighbors. All she got from them was empty vessels that showed how much faith that she had. But that's what God's intervention was consistent with her faith. As long <laughs> They kept going. You see, George Miller, the great missionary from Germany that worked in Bristol with the orphanages, he said, faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. <laughs> there is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. Look, you don't have to do anything about your faith promise to missions. But what we showed you in Scripture was where God began, where they couldn't. They gave beyond themselves. That's faith. Not what you can do. Not what man can do. Faith begins where man's limitations reach their peak. Maybe your problem is so big, what you're dealing with in life is so huge. Will you intercede with God? Will you go to Him with what you've got instead of everybody else and taking everybody else's advice? Will you start with God, and then will you take inventory of what you do have? Quit focusing upon what you don't have. What do you have? I don't care how small it is. It couldn't have been much smaller and insignificant, I promise you. You're here today. you got something. What do you have? And with what you've got, will you follow God's instructions? Will you do what He says to do with it? Will you hear Him, and will you heed Him when God intervenes on your behalf. He can't intervene if you won't obey Him and do what He says. If you won't trust Him, it's based upon your faith. You see, if your God's big enough, your faith's going to be big enough. It's because you see your God too small that you don't believe He's big enough to deal with whatever you've got. With your situation, it's just beyond God. Either that, or you take it to Him. You see, Notice in verse 7. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go, sell the oil, 
pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. She went back where she started, to that same man of God. She said, you know what? She said, I took inventory. And I went to God and I followed his instructions of what he told me to do with what I have. He intervened. <laughs> I got a house full of oil. You see, the implications, the implications are current. Go sell the oil and pay the debt. When God intervened, that was the first big problem she had to deal with. Her debt is too big. They're going to take her sons away. Her husband's dead. It's all these things. The debt was the problem that resulted from all these other things that were out of her control. But the debt was there. Okay? Go. Sell the oil and pay your debt. Pay that debt. You see, when God intervened, the implications were that her current problem was met. It was taken care of. But then he says, go and live thou and thy sons of the rest. God's implications weren't just recurrent. They were continual. They aren't. Yet, here's the problem that we're dealing with right now. This problem is being met. Deal with this. Pay your debt. But listen, I'm supplying your need in the future as well. I'm taking care of you. We're going on from here. God doesn't just meet your need right now and then leave you. I want you to know he's always there. And he's always big enough. And he'll always take care of you. And he'll always meet those needs, whatever that they might be. Martin Luther said this. He said, I've tried to keep things in my hands and lost them all. <laughs> but what I have given into God's hands, I still possess. I've tried to keep things in my own hands. And I've lost everything I've tried to keep for myself. But what I've given to God, that's the only thing that I still have. Build up for yourselves treasures in heaven where no thief approacheth, where moth doesn't corrupt. I know, folks. I know. That's what I'm telling you. There are a lot of sermons, a lot of things, but man, when I begin to see what God was saying in this passage of Scripture, and I begin to grasp, wow! Why have I sold my God so short? Why have I not realized He's big enough? It doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter whether I understand the situation. It really comes down to obeying Him and trusting Him, giving it to Him, trusting Him with it. Instead of sitting back and expecting somebody else to do it, and expecting it just to sort of, he's saying, hey, what have you got? Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. And running over. Hebrews chapter 11. I want to read these couple of verses in closing this morning. There's so much more that I could say, but time doesn't allow. I want to remind you. You see, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Your faith isn't very big. You don't have much hope. <laughs> the greater your faith is, 
the more your hope's going to be supported. The greater that support is going to be the evidence of things not seen. I know you can't see them, but it's when you put your faith in action that you will see the results of what God is doing. Faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And he goes on for it. For by it the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God. By faith Enoch was translated. But without faith it is impossible. Listen, does your problem seem impossible? <laughs> does it seem just too big? Does it seem like you got no answer? But without faith. It is impossible. The impossibility only comes when your faith is not big enough, when your God's not big enough. Without faith, it is impossible to please them. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Trust him. By faith, Noah, being warned, did all that he did. By faith, Abraham, and he goes through all the things that happened in Abraham's life, all of it by faith. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. By faith, Joseph, when he died. By faith, Moses, when he was born. He goes right through this whole chapter, Joshua and Rahab, all the many. He's saying, look, all those great things that were accomplished, it was all done by faith. By faith. God's the one that did them. It wasn't any of these men that we know their names, but we only know their name because they had the faith to trust God to do what was impossible for man to do. That's why I don't ever apologize when I tell you that, hey, your problem may be big. Our problem is the church is huge. There are millions in this world that have never one time, not once, have they heard the gospel message. But we don't have time. We don't have the money. We don't have the commitment to try to get the only thing that will ever, ever, ever save them. We don't have it to get it to them. How big is your God? What... Do you have this morning? You see, we've been looking at this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that says, For we dare not make ourselves to the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they're measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves or not. Why? We're not trying to see how much better we're doing it than somebody else out there. We're not trying to say that somebody in this church is doing it better than you because they're here three times a week and you're here only two times a week. We're not saying that somebody else is doing it better because they can put more in here. He said, don't compare yourselves amongst yourselves. That's not what it's all about. It's not so that we can outdo somebody else or do what somebody else is doing or, or do more than somebody else. But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. The only thing you're responsible for is what God has given to you. And the only thing you need to be measuring is what God has given to you and what He expects you to do with what He has given you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure 
as though we reached not unto you, for we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. Listen, not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope. Oh, what was that? Faith is the substance. Hope. But having hope. But having hope that when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand, but he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. You see, Nobody's trying to get you to do what you don't want to do. Nobody's trying to get you to do what you can't do. The thing is, I just want you to answer a simple question this morning. How big is your God? What hast thou? What are you going to do with what you do have instead of what you don't have? You can't do anything with that that you don't have. You don't have enough time. You can't do anything. What are you going to do with what you do have? Is your God big enough to deal with your problem today? Is your God big enough to carry your burden? I wonder today if God's big enough to carry our burden for this, this burden for debt, this burden for these other things. What kind of burden do we really have for the lost? For the ones that have never heard about Jesus, how much of your time will you spend giving to that this week and the different ways that you can, that somebody will be able to hear the gospel? Maybe for the first time. Maybe for more times. How big is your God? Is he big enough to deal with your sin today? Is he big enough to deal with your failings, with your shortcomings? I hope so. Because without it, I have no hope. The only hope that I have is because of my faith in Him. And that's today. Today. How big is your God? Is your faith big enough? Because you're here today. If there's sin in your life that hasn't been dealt with, you can either choose to carry it back out those doors with you. Or you can choose right now to intercede. Take inventory and say, yep, I've got this and I need to deal with it. You can follow God's instructions. You can come to him. You can give it to him. You can trust him. Obey him. Have faith and trust him. He'll deal with it. Is it your sin? Is it your money? Is it your time? Is it whatever it is in your life? You make the list. Can you understand there's nothing there's nothing that can't go on this list, whatever it is. Problems can be real just like this, ladies. But I want to tell you something. I still serve the same God. He's big enough. He's big enough to deal with it. The devil don't want you to believe that. The devil wants you to go right on dealing with that thing yourself and struggling with it yourself. Just do what God told you to do with it. Trust him. The devil's the only one that'll just 
fill your mind with fear. <laughs> Trust God. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we know that you are limitless, and God, I can't even begin. I, we talk about hope, but I feel hopeless this morning, and even trying, trying to show, Lord, that which, which you show us even in this one simple account in your word, how big you really are. Lord, you're that same God with everyone here today, and I just pray right now. Lord, if there's someone that they think their sin is too big, I pray that you'd help them to see that, no, God's big enough. He's big enough to deal with that sin. He's big enough to deal with that burden, whatever that it might be, to give them the strength. You tell us to cast those burdens upon you because you care for us. Lord, he's big enough to care for whatever challenge, whatever problem, no matter how big or impossible that it seems. I pray that you'd help each one here today to realize, wow, my God is big enough to deal with this. But I've got to obey him. I've got to trust him. I've got to give it all to him. Whatever I've got, I've got to give it to him. And he's got this. He's got this. Whether it makes sense or whether it's even rational in this natural world, my God's got it. My God is big enough. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that maybe they've got something in their life, their heart, that they need to bring to you and surrender to you this day, help them to do so. Please, Lord, help them not to leave here with it today. It's only the devil that wants them to do that. Help them to begin to grasp and see and respond to what you've got for them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.